You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the Dan Levator Show with the Stugats Podcast. I think an NBA executive uh, was quoted as saying the upside for Bronny James is Gary Harris, that that is the upside, uh, that is the highest point. And if he makes it to the NBA, Stugatz, that by itself is a monumental achievement, whether no he has the the bloodline or not. To get to the top 1% of the top 1% of there are 450 people in the world that get to play this sport at the top end. If he gets to Gary Harris, that's gravy. I mean, he's made $100 million in his career. <laughs> that's all that matters, of course. Is uh, I'm just saying, you've made it to the NBA, the highest level of your sport, and Gary Harris will laugh at it because it's LeBron's kid and it's Gary Harris, but Gary Harris is a decent player who made $100 million. But you're right in saying that LeBron James inflated all of the expectations when he said, I'm watching NBA players right now and my son is better than them when he's not. And now you look at his collegiate stats and people have to point out, well, that was, those were Jimmy Butler's collegiate stats at the beginning. Well, yeah, but Jimmy Butler was terrible at the beginning in college. Like you can take, you can find a player who had those stats at the beginning, but it is, I, I think people underestimate just like they did this with Cam Newton, where you sort of underestimate how big someone is uh, physically, how they have to be physically in order to be uh, the greatest goal line situation threat in the history of the league, how strong and big the person must be to do that in the NFL. I think we consistently underestimate how good these human beings are <laughs> as if a holy man reaches into the crib that LeBron James has in his home and then all you need to do is put that in the pipeline and it's going to be Gary Harris. Like, there are a lot of things that have to happen other than LeBron James's sperm in your system. I think what's hard for the kid, for Bronny, is people will think or suggest or ask, did he have to work as hard as every other kid? And if you're projected as a second round pick of the NBA draft, then you've put the work in. He'll have to deal with that for the remainder of his life. Is it nepotism? Why is he getting these opportunities? But Dan, I have no doubt. First off, I agree with you. It's difficult to make it to professional sports. Uh, but as it pertains to Bronny, I have no doubt that he has put the work in. He is not getting this because of his father. He is getting this because he put the work in, and he's good enough to be maybe Gary Harris. 
And that's a decent career. I mean, the counter argument would be you said you would draft LeBron's son just to get LeBron. So you're saying both things. You're saying that he's put in the work and he gets whatever he deserves. But you're also saying I'd take him just to get his dad. He's put I would. He's put enough work in to make it to the NBA. He's put enough work in where some team's going to draft him. But and may, why but, not? But maybe he might get to the NBA just because somebody wants his dad, too. Uh, OK, which so. wouldn't be the same amount of work. Like he would have a golden gilded path to the NBA. Not only that, too, like every. Every step of his basketball life has been helped and aided through LeBron. You're talking about working with the best trainers. You're talking about working with diet, like dietitians. You're talking about working with workout guys that people that are of the general population don't have access to, right? Like I've seen it playing. How jealous myself. are you so, of it, his regiment I that saw he had growing up? Oh, incredible. Like, where would you be if you had it? That's a probably, great question. Probably Gary Harris. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm going to tell you. A I nice career. Gary Harris. Yeah. What? Yeah. But like, when you look at guys that come from those, uh, families it's like i played with timmy hardaway jr and like he was doing things when we were in high school that was collegiate and pro level workouts dietitian like he was doing things that we weren't and then it's like you get to a point where your natural talent plus the work that you put in at an elite level takes you to another level and it's just like you can see it with that so he's probably going to do something good what we're just I gonna let Tony say he'd be gary harris <laughs> if he had Brody's conditioning the difference program? between you and tim hardaway jr was not his trainers what was it it's all the seed what? oils you ate growing up. That's if you were true. if you had a professional parents in the NBA. I give up. Now we're talking. You give up, Billy? No, I didn't give up. That was that was I gave up. Yeah, I yeah. gave up. Yes. Where would I be if I had his trainers? I think I could go D3. Yeah, I think you're an example of where you'd be. Lipscomb. I made it to D3 without his trainers. I'd be at, I'd be playing basketball at Lipscomb. Where Lipscomb is a really good school, dude. I think Lipscomb's D1. No, it's, it's just not. a funny name. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm talking here about how hard it is to get to the NBA. And Tony just said that if he had Tim Hardaway Jr.'s trainers, he would have made Ronnie's. $100 million. Dollars. Timmy's, Dan, Timmy's made like $200 million in his career. Tony, I was right there. Gary Harris, one year average, 17 and a half points per game. You're saying know. you would have done that? If I had the grow up that, oh, that Bronny oh. did, I mean, I'd be closer than I would now. Okay. And so I just want to be clear on something. <laughs> I love you. Guys, Tyler Johnson made $75 million in the NBA. Tyler Johnson was way better at basketball than you. Okay, Jeremy. Thank you, buddy. Wow. I mean, just incredible. But I'm the one who's wrong here? Welcome. Okay. Everybody, Every conversation everybody with him. Everybody breathe. I, I need everybody to breathe here because for all the delusions that we've had around here of Stugat says he would make six threes in an NBA game if he's... I played. actually did. I mean, sorry. Not an NBA game. It was a high school game. He did return a serve from a professional tennis player. <laughs> with a cigarette in his mouth. Yep. Try that. From Stugat saying he would make... Six NBA threes <laughs> to Greg Cody saying he would hit 180 in the major leagues. And that field goal, he would have done it if he wouldn't have gotten goal. hurt that day. Yeah, he pulled a hammy. Yeah, unfortunate. Don't uh, forget I can throw an orange 100 yards. I did not think that the audience could underestimate how hard it is to be these people who play professional sports in a way that was dumber. But to find in our own setting, Tony say, that if he had the trainers because he was working out near Tim Hardaway Jr., he too would have $100 million <laughs> contract in the NBA.
is is a level of offensive that I cannot abide. I like in, it. In how in how spectacular it is in its ignorance, because I I cannot have these people around me. Stugatz already thinks that if he did anything in the world, he would be exceptional at it. We have diagnosed him with an affliction, a disease, Dunning Kruger effect. Uh-huh. It, we have diagnosed this because he has this. He's a waddling five foot six. Anything in professional sports would result in him immediately being injured and hospitalized. But okay, I can shoot a me. J. I mean. Meet on me. 6'4". Imagine with that kind of diet, that kind of workout, I'd be an Adonis, Dan. Come on, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, I did get a hit off Matt Lato. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spud Webb was 5'6". Put me around Spud Webb's trainers growing up. and I mean, $100 million. Boom. Tony, I'm going to ask you to go sit in the penalty wow. box. Uh, for, for being overconfident? This isn't Tony's fault. This having, is like having confidence in myself. I'm a dog, Dan. That's what you don't get. That's what you don't factor no. into your equation when no. you're doing the math. Oh, it's funny. He's doing this. I'm a dog, Dan. I make that shit happen, dude. I don't think you get that. Dude. I'll leave. I'll leave. No. But I'm a dog, Dan. Dan, this is exactly what LeBron did to Bronny. Like what you've done with Tony is you've enabled him to think that he's a second round Bad pick. parenting. It's, yeah. it's, I don't want to put the blame on you, but like. Apologize, that's Dan. Why he's here? You said, "Look at the people around me." Like Tony's here, and you just encouraged him this whole time. I was getting a lecture before the show started about how I wasn't supportive enough of Tony's 800 game hitting streak situation. Oh, that was actually a pretty good topic, though. <laughs> what is that? It's a dog barking. I was a little slow on that. Oh, because Tony's a, a dog. Apparently, the Sabermetrics community on Reddit is real excited okay, about it. Tony I'm, was sure to tell us. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and set this up while he's away, and I'm going to explain what's happening in the audience. And uh, we have reached official official problem status in the relationship with <laughs> Billy and Tony. Because Tony is I now— I think I'm fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's threatened to strangle you twice today. That's, That's right. fine. I mean, go ahead. Well, this is where we've escalated to. Uh, Tony has uh, threatened to strangle Billy twice today and once in Vegas. And I'm going to explain to the audience why uh, once in Vegas, uh, Billy threatened to strangle Tony. I'm sorry, Tony threatened to strangle Billy. Tony had flew to Vegas with a file of carefully prepared material that he had worked 10 days workshopping all around the offices here. And every time he presented the topic to anyone, uh, roaring laughter, uh, engaging debate uh, started. uh, And he has now taken great pride in the sabermetrics uh, community, has grabbed his hypothetical question, which is the following. A baseball player in the major leagues goes one for four in every single game for many years. Is he a Hall of Fame? Five years. Five years, five exactly. Years. Yes. So he has a five-year hitting streak. 800 ne- games. 800 games, but never has any extra base hits. <laughs> no home runs. No home runs. So it's just 250 average, 250 on With base. a single. Every All game. singles. Yep. It was a single that was added to this? Mm-hmm. That's even worse. What what he said is not only that it was a single, uh, there there were no home runs. I think no all it runs. ever was is he'd right. go one for four with a single in every single game. Would that player with an 800-game hitting streak make the Hall of Fame? Yes. I'm on r slash Sabermetrics right now, the subreddit for Sabermetrics. The commenters don't seem to think this person is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. They're right. Well, he can come and he can... 
I guess. Oh, he's going to he'll be he'll be back. He'll be back in a second. But let's explain to the audience how you undermined him, because, again, I did know. I saw it. I saw it happening. Every room he left was roaring with laughter and argument. It was he it was the best that Tony brought to Vegas. That's absolutely right. (laughs) But he did it too often. But it it was a comedian telling the same joke every single day in every single conversation. So when you hear for the 70th time, you're like, guy, Billy, God, never. And like, I just like to also if if I can, I'd, I'd also like to say you guys just got a glimpse into what every conversation with Tony is. It's, I'd be Tim Hardaway Jr. if I had this trainer. And like, he said Gary Harris. Billy, but we never talked about it on air. So the audience was hearing it for the first time. And Billy, on air, on stage, in Vegas, I don't remember, you must have set it up with, this is a break glass, an emergency topic. Yeah. And Billy hit a cut, a very cutting. Do you have any more glass to break, Dan? Yeah. Well, I don't, where would, if, if I may ask, where was all the support for Tony to keep the conversation going? Because there was dead air, so I had to say something. I don't think it was. De- I don't remember exactly. Tony, but. Uh, you are now. You've returned. How are you feeling in general about the support you got from Billy in this? What support, Dan? What support? Because I was in there. You sent me to the penalty box. Okay, and then we bring up one of my topics. That, I brought that up for you. I teed you up for it. That I was not here for. And then you talked about it for three minutes, I and then I came back, and then I immediately hear you shitting on it. Like, it's no. like, it's crazy. The top comment on Reddit says, a DH with a 500 OPS would be a negative war player. On-base yeah. percentage of 250 with literally no extra base hits Nurse. would be one of the worst DHs Nurse. in baseball. Nurse. Nurse. 800 800-game hitting streak. streak. You can't Get real. argue with an 800-game hitting streak. Get real. The ball that breaks the record would go to the Hall of Fame. The Their jersey would go to the Hall of Fame. Player. And player doesn't go to the Hall sure, of Fame. That's 57. that's 57 hits. And then he has another... S- s- 600 and some odd hit. Like, what are to we me, talking about? To me, I'm with Jeremy. There's, It's acknowledged in the Hall of Fame, yes, the but this guys, player, I, I, I've kind crazy. of, that's where I think it ends. That That's what happens. That's, you have a whole, like, corner in a room where it's, like, craziest hitting streak you've ever imagined yeah. by a below average player. His name, I don't know, what is his Whatever name? Whatever his name yeah, is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, name. But the point is, okay, we had this great thought exercise of all these different things and ideas. It was just something to ponder, Tony. Something Tell to ponder. That's why yes. we have the file. Of course. Things. No, we didn't. We pondered it. No, and we you tried to if make I it a franchise. If I could have laser beamed you like across the entire like hemisphere, box for charity. Huh. It Come happened on. on stage in front of everybody. Where Tony, not only that, Tony's he's got his best material, and he's wearing some sort of fur. And Billy took his knees out immediately. As soon as it started, killed. I'm gonna do nothing but support Tony and his bad ideas henceforth, and we'll see where that. What takes bad us. ideas, Billy? What bad ideas? None. Please explain them. They're all good. Thank you, <laughs> Billy. I don't like that, Billy. <laughs> I understand why Tony is hurt. That you would only support so relentlessly the bad ideas of Greg Cody and Stu Gatz, and then the moment one of his bad, bad ideas. ideas makes an appearance, <laughs> you can't get anywhere near it. You're allergic to it. Do you guys know how this works? Do any of you know how this works? Howdy, listeners. It's Mike, and you know, a lot has changed over the years. Just look at sports. There's instant replay, a three-point line, there were shifts, and then not shifts. But one thing that hasn't changed over the course of all those things I just mentioned, the great taste of Miller Lite. That's right. It's so good. And it's also less filling. So what's the best thing about Miller Lite, the original light beer? Well, Miller Lite sparked this debate way back in 1975. We still haven't settled it. Be like me. I don't pick one. I like it because it's both. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It's a beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Be like me. Say both. Miller Lite. Great taste. 
and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer. Don Lebertard. He's like, he needs a wheelbarrow like Mike McDaniel, this dog. Um, <laughs> got a pair? He's really? got a pair. <laughs> Man, does he got a pair. <laughs> My granddaughter sees his schlong. What are says, you talking about? And says, right. and says what's you that? Know, she doesn't know. She did. My granddaughter okay. saw his schlong right, in the enough. kitchen. Right. And she said, what is that? Right. What is this, a game that's, of Clue? Okay. And I, said, that's that's his, I said, that's what enough. he bees with. She saw his... Okay. <laughs> how else am I going to explain it? Stugatz. It was a little extended. I don't know why he was so excited. All right, very good. Baby. No! Can, we Can I take there? this out? Oh, it is a baby. <laughs> anyway, he ate my couch. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Uber 100% yes. Yeah, sure. sure, there will always be more flashy players, but if you have an impact on every game for five years, yes, you get my vote. Now if, we're, now, if it were just on base, meaning walk or one base, I would start to get a bit more shaky. Hmm. The point is that there was in the Sabermetrics Reddit file, right, in the on the site. I don't know if we can screen share it so we can see people. Like, there's like five comments, eight comments, ten upvotes. That's how Reddit works. This one in the Sabermetrics file on, on Reddit has like 300 votes, a bunch of comments. 57 comments. The nerds arguing about, okay, look at the other one. It has 284 upvotes. Look at the other ones, please. Just explain the other ones so people can have it, a reference it, it, point. Because it sounds like shit. Tony, it's a good conversation no. starter. In fairness, in fairness to Tony, 57 comments would be one comment more than the longest hit street at King Baseball right now. <laughs> it's true. So Imagine 800 comments. An, Run eight, away. an 800 game hitting streak is hard to ignore. He's right. This <laughs> has Possible. more engagement than almost every other single post well, I mean, it's, on the it's Sabermetrics, Sabermetrics Reddit. Reddit. He started a conversation. It's, it's a we just pondered. In yeah. February. Everyone's pondering. In yeah. a place, okay, where the smartest minds in baseball go to analyze and look at and research, we made things happen. I don't know why I haven't thought of this earlier. I'm going to text Tim Kirkjian. Hmm. Okay, uh, let's do that. Uh, also, you text- can text him, but I feel like his answer has to be definitive, and that that's the final answer. Okay. Also, text Bugshambi, please. And, Good calves. And uh, then well, now we need three. Disagree. Now yeah. we need three. Right. So who's our Mike third? Sure. Mm. Passing. Mm. Passing. Now we have four. Okay. Aberstro. Mm. Mike Sure. No, Mike Sure's too close to the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Text David, because if not, he's going to get mad that we're talking about baseball. <laughs> David would be a good one, though. Uh, why? Because you feel like he'd agree with you? No, I don't know what he'd say, but he'd have something to say at least. So who are we texting? And who's texting who? Uh, Boog Shambi. We'll, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Boog Shambi, uh, the other day, Stugatz got embroiled in a conversation that we were having around here. And I'm curious what your take is on this, because... Me and Mina Kimes were disagreeing about something, and the internet, uh, Mina Kimes was laughing at me and what it is that I was saying, and the internet swelled behind Mina Kimes to also laugh at me. But I heard from a number of broadcasters, including Boog Chambi, who agreed with me on this subject, because uh, Mina's retort, and it was a good one to me, wondering if Tom Brady will be exceptional at that broadcasting job at $375 million guaranteed. 
uh, because the skill set, I believe, is difficult to explain complicated things in tight windows. I believe it's not as easy as people think it is to have chemistry with your partner, and it's why Brady has sat out a year and is practicing and is being very meticulous about how to do this. But Mina Kimes undercut the point I was making by saying, yeah, Tom Brady has a lot of difficulty in football deciding things in two and three seconds quickly when faced <laughs> with complicated subject matter. And uh, everyone roared and applauded. What an idiot. Dan is. Funny line. It's a good cut. No, no. And, right. and agreed with her. But I kept hearing from broadcasters like Boog Shambi saying people are really underestimating how difficult it is to be good and interesting in this job in a way that stands out. You don't get to just sit there because your name is Tom Brady, but you all expect Tom Brady to be great at this? In in tight windows, you're expecting him to be exceptional. I'm expecting him to be great at it because he's been great at everything he's done his entire life, but I'm with Boog on this. Like I think it's trickier than most people either realize or they know because... Tom Brady wanted to play football his entire life. He never wanted to be a broadcaster, and now he's walking in, and he's filling big shoes in Greg Olson, who became exceptional at doing things and making points in very small I'm, windows. I'm surprised so there's no guarantee Brady's going to be great at it. I think he'll be great, but I think broadcasting is really, really good. I'm just surprised at the number of people who think the skill sets are the same. To be able to break down a defense in three seconds with your eyes and your arm and to be able to do it with your mouth are two different skill sets. Right. There is a difference between what Tom Brady's going to be doing and what Boog does, though. Like, Tom Brady's just commenting on the plays in the game. He doesn't have to keep things moving. But, he's explaining to the layman what it is that he sees as someone who's an expert. But Boog wasn't defending how hard it is to be a play-by-play -play guy. Boog was surprised that the internet took up Mina's side so convincingly on a color analyst just sits there and it's easy. Right up until people start complaining about all the color analysts they complain about because those are some of the most unpopular people anywhere in sport. Just because he was good at play, great at playing football doesn't mean he'll be great at this. I, I mean, think he might be, but I have no idea. It doesn't it doesn't guarantee that he's going to be great at broadcasting because he made split-second decisions as a quarterback in the NFL. Mark Schlereth does this. Stink. Stink. Is Boog one of our five or no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Right now the five sure. is Kirkchen, Passin, Boog, Sure, and then between Adnan and Samson, we'll go Adnan. Okay, good. <laughs> That's a good sample size, I think. Okay. I feel good about if we can get a definitive answer out of those five people, I trust it. And we can put this matter to rest. I have an idea as it relates to Brady in the booth. Belichick has nothing to do. Now, I'd like to have him weekly on God Bless Football. We should make a call, but we're not going to do that. I think Belichick and Brady in the same booth would be fantastic. You like that? Aren't they, like, not... Getting along great at the moment. Uh, There's some like kind of you need weird some tension feelings. in the booth. That's okay. A little tension. A they, too much like murmur. It needs to be clear. I feel like Belichick. Those are great players. Mumbling. I watched him that the Belichick and Saban like documentary. I I like them both. Same. Uh, Belichick and Saban. Great. That great chemistry. Make that a booth. Not Belichick and Brady. I want Belichick and Saban. Yeah, I'd watch them because they're friends. They like to get, I feel like they'd get like. They'd get you, silly together. Exactly. That's it. The silliness. That's what we need out of them. So you got Brady and Belichick spent 20 years at microphones never saying anything interesting. It means In fact, they have a lot to say. On purpose, though. Right. They chose to yes. not say anything. Mm -hmm. That's when they had something to gain, Dan. Now, you know, all bets are off. They're just getting silly together. Some silly willies. I would say <laughs> that. It'd be great. The. 
degree of difficulty on spending 20 years in front of microphones and never saying anything interesting is harder than being interesting always at a microphone. <laughs> so you guys now want in a booth two people who are famously guarded, famously careful, famously uninteresting in their speech. That was yeah. different versions. This is going to be Nikki Saban and Silly Billy Belichick. Tell me if it's <laughs> Belichick and Brady in the booth together. You would watch, first week, week one, Dan, you would watch the Cardinals take on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, first you week would. of any television show that's ever started nationally when George Clooney is the opening guest and then they get into week uh, three and it's a cooking chef from around the corner. But what if it's great? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean the first, well, I watch the first time is not an enduring standard for whether it will be good. Also, if I lit somebody on fire the first time, they would also watch. But it's a Cardinals-Titans game. <laughs> you wouldn't watch a Belichick and Saban Manning cast with like a, a host that they find like the Jerky Boys hosting? I don't know what you guys are doing with the razzmatazz effervescence of Brady and Belichick speaking <laughs> and being entertaining at things other than being football. People <laughs> who are doing the football, not talking about the football, because neither one of them has ever said anything when talking about the football that you remember. That, well, hold on a second. Tom Brady was trying to study to be a stand-up comic, was he not? So, like, he clearly has the personality. Do we not think so? He clearly has the personality. Yeah, he was going to be a stand-up comedian. And everyone who played for Belichick says there's a wacky side to yeah. Bill Belichick. Don't you want to see it? Nick Saban used to drive and throw all of his players off the boats at the lake. <laughs> like these nuts jokes. Little Belichick liked the jerky boys and the prank calls. These are some wacky dudes. They just got to, you know, find the right place to do it. Give them a chance. Why don't we give them a chance? What are we doing? Well, you shook your head when Stugat said we're trying to get Belichick every week. Well, that's because God I've endured so many lacrosse coaches with the promise of he's going to join to talk lacrosse. And <laughs> never has he joined, obviously. And I'm just stuck in a lacrosse Zoom for the 60th time. Do you have the biggest cringe you've ever had when it comes to Stugat getting people on and asking them for stuff? Do you have one no, that stands I, no. out to you? They're all, it's all like, yes, like a victim of this crime multiple times. They all blend together. Howdy folks, it's Mike Ryan, and as you know, you're probably a sports fan, you know it's playoff time, and you probably have a team that you want to root on, and maybe you're like me and you're not a season ticket holder, so you miss the first crack at getting tickets, so what do you do? You check the secondary market. Well, let me tell you about my best friend in that secondary market, because I've tried them all, and no one's as good as Game Time, the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get to see the view from your seat, on your phone before you buy the tickets. All in pricing shows your total cost up front, so there are no surprises. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Telling you folks, this is a personal endorsement from me. I was using Game Time long before they joined us, and I'm so happy they're with us, so I can preach the good word. Trust me, folks, Game Time, that is what you need. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code DAN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DAN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days, spring's the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Challenge yourself. And Peloton's classes were made just for that, to challenge you. 
There's a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve what you already excel in. Plus, if you don't know which class to take to reach your fitness goals, guess what? You can join one of Peloton's many programs. Right now, I'm in a strength program with Andy and a core program with Emma. They're expert coaches like Andy and Emma, and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. With Peloton, you don't need to worry about driving to the gym, making it to class on time. You can do it all from the comfort of your own home whenever it fits your busy schedule. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Don Lebatard. All of us who were watching college football elevated everything the weekend was because we missed football in general so very much. You didn't watch the ending of UTEP Jacksonville State. It was awesome. A dizzy. <laughs> Boom. Mm-hmm. Stugatz. <laughs> Such a lane for you. Just everything in college football is awesome. Any single thing that happens, she gets deliriously happy about. Don't you miss though. viewing sports through that, that prism, though? Like, I'm envious of Lucy. Like, I wish that I could still be happy. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugatz. Tony is still fighting with the shipping container over the Gary Harris thing. Everyone's yelling at him. He's never felt more alone uh, than he does. Uh, this is a normal. This is normal, Dan. I'm alone. This is what I usually go through. What I was explaining to Jess because she was talking about there he goes. like rich, rich families that have access to these trainers and dietitians and workout plans and all that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. We I'm all saying, we were saying that we all know a bunch of kids that have had money and sure, tried to sure. have training. What I'm talking about is Here, professional athletes, kids. So when you have a dad or mom who's been a professional athlete and knows what it takes to get to a certain level, they can help you in a way that if you have a dork billionaire dad who doesn't know sports, how is he going to help you? No, like it doesn't work that way. Hmm. That That's fine. All of that the can be so. Star, you saw me very animated about yeah. that, Dan. Yeah. That's what it was. My argument that. is that there's a lot of rich people whose kids don't make it in professional sports because to an extent, you either have or you don't. But Tony agrees with that. My argument Thank is. Thank you, Billy, for oh, agreeing with Tony today solely that it's harder than you guys think to get to the top of being paid to play. Ask Bronny. That's my point. <laughs> uh, regardless. It's hard to get to D3 and play sports. Uh, less hard. Vastly well, less I did hard. I mean. Also, Dan, another update. I have sent the five texts out to our baseball experts. I have heard back from a few. I'm not going to give it any way. I, I want to hear, even though Boog's never going to respond to me. He doesn't really respond to me. So mm. I have four responses of the five. And uh, would you like... We, no, I no, just, no. Wait. Dan, text Boog right now. Yeah. Tell him respond to Chris Cody. We need all five yeah. in case there's a tiebreaker situation. He knows if there's a tie or I not. I can already. tell you if there is. is Does there, that matter? Do, do we is need Boog's answer? We don't need Boog's answer. <gasps> okay, wow. so then we could just do it now. Mm, yeah. Wait, what do you think, Tony? I'm could be guessing, a hung jury. I, no, I'm guessing it's going to be consensus that that is not a Hall of Famer. Agreed. We should save it their, for the last segment. Yes, we're going to wait. We're going to tease it out. In, in, ESL. In the meantime, what we're going to in the try meantime. to do... You guys need to interrupt me just a little more today. Just <laughs> a little more today. Yeah, yeah. well, Stugatz is right, by the way. I got a bunch of D3 offers, so Let's that shows sure, you how difficult that sure is. Make sure to do it with time spent listening jokes. TSL. That's the, that's the best way to do it. Uh, <laughs> Jamel Hill is joining us now because I am desperate to go viral in this costume with serious subject matter. And I want to ask her some serious questions, but I also want to ask her a handful of silly questions. And I've got a shameful admission to make. Oh. Huh. 
shameful admission for a 55-year-old to make, which is I did not know that the Clippers were a boat until I saw the new uniform design the other day. Wow. I learned that the other day. I'm learning it now. And I'm I'm <laughs> and I'm ashamed of it. Surely on the West Coast, uh, Jamel, this is not any kind of news to you. You're judging me as a fellow journalist for my ignorance. This is the height of privilege that I don't know this already, correct? And I'm allowed to not know basic things that people are supposed to know in sports. Uh, Dan, I'm judging you for a lot of things right now, <laughs> the least of which is the Clippers, which I didn't know either. I, I didn't. I found out as soon as you just said it right now. I had no idea. I've only been living out in L.A. It'll be six years this year, so I'm not deeply embedded enough, clearly, to know what the Clippers, what their, what their nickname actually stood for. I am stunned by that. Put it on the poll, please, at Lebetard Show. Did you know the Clippers were a boat before their recent uniform unveil? Yes or no? I knew because of the Fort Lauderdale Hotel, the, the, Yankee, the Yankee Clipper. Clipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we will find out whether the audience knew that or not. But there is a lot of stuff that I want to talk about with Jamel Hill. And I will tell you, Jamel Hill is Unbothered is a podcast and a YouTube celebration that you should enjoy. Uh, it's Jamel Hill on YouTube, at It's Jamel Hill on YouTube. And she's got Mary J. Blige and Method Man on Jamel Hill is Unbothered. Uh, did you uncover any of the good stuff with uh, them? You, you've gotten a lot of guests here that are top end on Jamel Hill is Unbothered. You're really enjoying this project, I would imagine. What did those two, I mean, these are two life, These are two people you've wanted to talk to your entire life, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, Mary J. Blige is probably, you know, for, for my generation, I mean, she she's probably the number one uh, female R&B artist, um, you know, for a lot of us. I literally feel like I grew up with this woman because when her, her first album dropped, I was a senior in high school. And so um, her, when her second album, My Life, dropped, I was in college. So all the heartache she discussed in this album, I could sort of relate to at that point and stage uh, in my life. But um, the beauty of these two, uh, Mary J and, and Method Man, is that I, I was able to, to sort of get linked in, into the power universe. So I actually spent many hours on set. Uh, with Mary J and Method Man because I had a scene with them where I was, of course, playing my favorite character, which is myself. That's always a, that's always a great character to play. They always, whenever they need a reporter, they may need me to do a cameo. Somehow that became my role in the Power Universe. But that was really special for me because had you told me as a youngster growing up in Detroit that the literal poster on my wall in Mary J. Blige someday I would not only share a set with her, but get a chance to interview her. I, you know, I, I just never would have believed it. Power is a guilty pleasure for me. Is it uh, still strong after all of these years? The books are kind of oh, the spin this Not the spinoffs have been great, I think. Mm. I mean, especially hers. You What? The original uh, the original five or six seasons of Power were excellent. Now, once they started doing the spinoffs, I was just like, eh, you kind of lost me. Yeah, well. I need ghosts. You need ghosts. <laughs> See, I, at first I felt that w I felt that way, and then with Raising Canaan, which I think is like really well done, uh, that one Power Force um, featuring you know the uh, Joseph Segura who plays uh, Tommy, and even this one you know it goes to like I, I think they've done a, as good a, of a job as you could building an entire universe without sort of the main character that created all of this. So I I, I love it, but Dan, I, I got to even deeper guilty pleasure and um I, I got a chance to record something about it for yesterday so i'm all in on to be high like 
Tubi has me, I'm fighting for my life with this fast channel. I don't know how it came to be, but it has such eloquent cinema on there that is all rooted. A lot of it is rooted in Detroit and a lot of it is, is, is real hood. I'm not, I'm not going to hold you up. It's very, it's very, very hood. And it has me right now. It has a, it has a lock on me, Dan. I need to, I need to get out of this to be high because before I look up and know it, I watch like seven or eight Tubi movies and I don't know what happened to all of my day because I'm so invested in this network now. It is getting harder and harder to not get addicted to some of these uh, candy sugar things that end up with you getting <sighs> lost in some of these places. Uh, Billy was arguing earlier, he was saying also because we can't figure out what's real or not real on the internet, he's saying this is the single best time in the history of America to be a skeptic. He's uh, <laughs> uh, not wrong. Uh, I mean. Yeah, Put it on the poll, please. Is this the best time in the history of America to be a skeptic? But I wanted to talk to you about something serious here, uh, Jamel, because these things happen pretty slowly to the tearing down uh, when we find out that people that we loved once upon a time, uh, R. Kelly, uh, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, these things don't happen quickly. And it would appear that Diddy right now is in the middle of this happening. Uh, and it, it, it feels like he's about to uh, have a whole lot of people come forward with the freedom to not be afraid of his money and his power. So what do you think is happening here and is going to happen with Diddy? Well, I think once the floodgates were sort of open with his um, ex, Cassie, uh, coming out with the allegations that she did, which were very serious, very, um, you know, they were damning, uh, you know, to, to be totally honest. I think as we see the, the, the pattern with all of these cases, it takes one person, that person has the bravery and the courage to come forward. And then suddenly you hear many, many stories and, um, or you have many allegations that surface. And I think uh, with Diddy, uh, usually a lot of times with these people, I, I can't say this was the case with Harvey Weinstein because like, I'm not embedded enough in that world to know, but I know that in general, when it comes to these accusations finally coming to light, they have been the subject of whispers for many, many years. So these are, you may now be finding out the gory, awful, uh, tragic, horrible details, but there's always been a lot of whispers around some of these people that when we finally sort of understand the depth of what the allegations are against them, it can be jarring to a lot of people because a lot of people have put people like him and the people you mentioned, Bill Cosby, they put them on pedestals. These are people who have been entertaining us for decades, not just one or two years. And so at this point, I don't know why we continue to put these people on pedestals or why we continue to act surprised and stunned when more often than not, the combination of power, uh, money, of, of being completely unchecked and having enablers, it typically does not lead to the greatest of behaviors. And they don't all have to be as serious as the allegations against Diddy but they typically don't lead to the best behaviors in people. I'm not saying that we should not allow ourselves um, the luxury of entertainment. What I am saying, and to some degree, we actually see this with Cam Newton, and trust me, I, I can link it there, is that every time we elevate people who are in celebrity positions beyond the station of just being people who entertain us, we find out every single time that your faves are problematic.
you don't expect him to keep his freedom, right? Like, I mean, we can all do innocent until proven guilty, but there's so much here, and it's been talked about for so long. You expect Diddy to be able to survive this with his freedom? I actually do, but I think his reputation is, the damage is irreversible. You know, when you think about how he was moving in the business world, I don't think anybody in their right mind wants to do business with, with Diddy. And it's it's only unfortunate in these in this way. And I'm not saying that this should be a reason that people feel any sympathy whatsoever for him. But usually these people have built an entire economy around what they do. And so it's not just about Diddy. It's about the people that have become um, sort of part of the, the empire he's built. Like I think about Revolt. I know a lot of people who work over at Revolt. These are really good, talented people. And I'm wondering, like, what's going to happen to them because of all of this? Because anything right now with Diddy's name on it is toxic. So it's not just about him. He's sinking everything that he's been attached to. And so um, I expect him to maybe survive with his freedom, but his reputation is, is gone. And if he had any higher aspirations in business, I just don't see how that's even remotely possible now. As a veteran of journalism who's not often surprised by things, and for those who do not know, what are the worst of the details when you're reading through this and you're like, oh, my God, I, I, this surprises even me, even though I've seen just about everything here? Well, so I, I think people are sort of having the wrong conversation, is that they have made this about Diddy's sexuality, whatever that may be. It is not about Diddy's sexuality. It's about whether or not he abused his power, whether or not he committed a crime and whether or not he was assaulting and 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 has this awful track record of abusing young women. That's what this is about. That's where our outrage and shock should be directed toward is that not toward who it was, who it was doesn't matter. The method and how he operated is what matters. And so I think um, the violence of it, um, because, you know, while there, uh, you know, there's been certain incidents that Diddy has been alleged to have done or whatever. I don't think that people necessarily looked at him as having this violent persona. And so hearing about some of these details, that part of it. And I, I just think the depravity of, of all of it um, to want if there is if there's any possibility um, that he could have really hurt some people. You know, not just emotionally, but physically. I mean, that all of that is just very sickening, um, you know, to me. And unfortunately, as a result, then you see why we need to have more conversations around educating people about sexual assault. So that sort of the, the, the ignorance factor of all of this and how we're processing it, that part I'm always disappointed in. Howdy, listeners. It's Mike, and you know, a lot has changed over the years. Just look at sports. There's instant replay, a three-point line, there were shifts and then not shifts. But one thing that hasn't changed over the course of all those things I just mentioned, the great taste of Miller Lite. That's right. It's so good. And it's also less filling. So what's the best thing about Miller Lite, the original light beer? Well, Miller Lite sparked this debate way back in 1975. We still haven't settled it. Be like me. I don't pick one. I like it because it's both. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's a beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Be like me. Say both. Miller Lite, great taste, 
and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.